The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. Welcome down to the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Over the next half hour, we are chock full of good stuff for you to give you about a half hour or so to kick back, listen to what's going on in Evergreen Park, get up to date, and find out about things that actually matter to you. Hannah's sitting across from me at my nine-foot homemade oak bar as it is nine feet. She could sit at one end, I could sit at the other end, and we are still socially distancing. Our episodes are put together a little bit differently these days. We are live on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., and also Friday afternoons at 4 p.m. If you want to listen to us do the show live, and those live shows go about an hour, just like listening to the radio, you do it through the Podbean app. If you go to the eppodcast.com on your smartphone, your iPad, whatever, anything that has an app, it should prompt you right away, do you want to download the Podbean app? Do that, subscribe to the show, and you'll be able to find the live show when they go up and enter the room. You can't enter it early, But once it's open, go on in. And then inside of the device, while you're listening, there's a live chat room for you to interact with us and all the other people listening. And there's also four little buttons up in the corner where you click on them and you could talk right through the microphone in your device, right to us and to whatever guests that we have on the show. So it's a live talk show. And then we're taking the best of that and doing our normal weekly release as a podcast. You can also go to the eppodcast.com and download the app right there. If you're on your phone, there's a drop-down menu in the top corner of the phone. Click on that. It'll drop down. It'll tell you how to download the app. It's free, no charge. Another way for you to connect with your neighbors without actually having to be close to them. State Representative Kelly Burke on the program today. Financial Advisor Tom Walsh on the program today. Local Doctor David Beckman on the program today. All three of them with helpful advice to you. In fact, Dr. Beckman is doing drive-up coronavirus testing. He's going to talk about that. Kelly Burke, I know, had a meeting she was a part of with all kinds of local business owners. And speaking of local businesses, we work with a lot of them here on the EP Podcast. We've reached out to all of them. Uh, It is a shame that I've learned that Unidad, a Latin kitchen and bars, had to close their doors. Jamie and Sal, the owners over there, said they did it more for their employees than anything just to give them peace of mind. Mike Nick's over at the Red Palm, still trying to figure out what he's going to do, but he's currently shuttered. Core Fitness and Physical Therapy can't do the fitness part, but they can do the physical therapy as an essential thing. For now, the Crazy Crab is still open on Western Avenue for carryout. Go to crazycrabchicago.com. Support your local businesses as best you can right now. And remember, when everything goes back to normal, You better be saving up your money to run out there and put them back on their feet as quickly as possible. Hannah, the greatest thing about this live thing is that we get to talk to people while we're doing the show now. I'd like to know what's going on with you right now. Are you stuck going to work still? Are you working from home? Are your children with you? Are you ready to murder them? Because I am ready to to kill everyone. Like last night, there was a moment where I exclaimed out loud, unbleeping believable. Nine times a succession. It's the only thing I could get out of my mouth. Nine times a succession down here. Why nine? I don't know. I don't know why it was an eight, and I don't know why it wasn't ten. But nine times a succession, I yelled that out loud. And while I was yelling it, 
I poured myself a glass of Johnny Walker Black, walked from the basement upstairs and slammed the door in my room and hid in there. And I needed like 20 <laughs> minutes so I didn't murder anybody. What what set you off? They're all driving me nuts. I'll be honest with you. There's nothing more. There's nothing worse than a 14 year old angst filled teenage girl who is in the eighth grade and is starting to slowly realize that her plans for the last couple months of her time at Most Holy Redeemer are not going to go the way she thought they were going to go. Yeah. Like she's probably not going to get to do any of the activities that were planned. That really There's not going to be the bowling outing or the parties or the trip to great America. You know, all this stuff is probably getting canceled and she's just upset about the entire thing. So right. she's very moody. I'm putting up with the moodiness. So I'm just trying to escape. I come down here. I'm hanging down here in the basement. And I tell my son, I'm like, you're done with video games. I'm going to sit down. Your father's going to sit down. He's going to relax for the first time all day. I just want some time here in the basement by myself, away from all of you. <laughs> and he goes, okay, Dan. And he jumps up, he puts his stuff away, and he runs up the stairs. And I walk over real quick because I'm going to get something out of the entertainment center that's right where he's been sitting the whole day in his beanbag with his feet near it, right? Okay. And I lean over to open up the door in the entertainment center, and the handle's broken off. <laughs> now, I've had an entertainment center for 10 years, and the handle's broken off it. <laughs> and so I go, hey. Big guy, stop where you're going. <laughs> Big guy. He's like halfway up the stairs. I'm like, come here. Like I did one of those things that the dads do where you use the two little fingers. Yes. And like, come here. And you're like bringing him over. Like, come on over here. Right. Come, and he, he probably knew what it was. Get within arm's reach of me. He knew what was happening. What did you do? What do you mean? What did I do? <laughs> Play it cool, Dom. Where did the handle go? What handle? The hand. You see how there's two doors. One has a handle. The other one doesn't have a handle. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the other handle? I don't know. You're the only one that's been down here all day long. You're the only one. That handle, like that didn't just fall off. That's attached by a screw. That's in the, You had to have noticed that that came off. And he just shrugged at me. And it took every ounce of my being not to just whip the, like, I, because I'm trying to be calm. So I'm like, find a handle. I walk over, like I turn on the lights this in the room. This is what set you off? I turn on, well, Over we, the edge? We've gotten to the end here because I'm, I'm living with my coworkers. <laughs> My wife's a coworker. She asked me all day long, what are you doing? I'm like, the same thing I do when you're at work. I'm working. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you thinking? You know how many times I've been asked, what are you thinking for the last couple of days? I don't want to know what you're what are you thinking? thinking. You don't want to know my dark thoughts. Why don't you back off? Like, that's like that's where I'm at right now. So I've been trying to keep it together because I don't want to flip out. And I think it was just building. And he's looking at me like I'm an idiot. Like the thing came without a handle. And I didn't notice it for 10 years. <laughs> it came without a handle, Hannah. That's you what don't know that. Right. Came without have. a handle. So I'm like, that's, that's ridiculous. And, and, I, and I was like, find it. And I turn on the light. I'm like, find the handle. And he's like, well, huh? I didn't know. It I'm like, you know, it came off. Now I'm screaming. And now, now it's the unbleep and believable. And now I just start screaming that. So I'm pouring my drink. I do that. I walked up the stairs. I hid in my room for a few minutes. I came back down. Handles attached. I found it. Where was it? Uh, I was laying over here. How do you think that came off? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I kicked it off. And did you notice it when you kicked it off? Yeah, but I didn't want you to be upset. I'm like, if you would have just, if you would have just said, if you would have just said you were sorry, dad wouldn't have screamed and walked upstairs. We're learning a lot about each other right now because we're stuck with each other. Like, this is how you treat the other person in the house. (laughs) Just tell dad the truth. (laughs) If they look at me, dad, I screwed up. All right, you screwed up. All right. You said you're sorry. Life will go on. Trying to deny that it happened or acting like you never saw a handle or you don't even know what the word handle means. Like, handle? What's a handle? Like, that is never going to end well with a dad. Ever. That's never, ever going to end well with a dad. 
Does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? Why worry about those things when Tom Walsh is nearby? He's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicagoland have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie. Member SIPC. We have Kelly calling in here. Let's see what's up with her. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Chris. Is, is this Kelly Burke? Yep. Can yep. you hear me? Representative Kelly Burke calling us. Yes. How are you? Okay. I'm sorry about that. We're still getting used to how everything is uh, is working here. And uh, Well, it took me a while to get used to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Representative Kelly Burke is on the phone line with us right now. Kelly, I had to play Pac-Man at the CVS and, and move about and do my social distancing. My children have driven me nuts. And I was swearing and screaming yesterday, and I had to go hide in my room with a glass of Johnny Walker Black just to calm down. <laughs> and you, I'm sure, are very busy because not only did a primary election occur this week, but you also then met with a lot of small business owners virtually this afternoon. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Yeah, that was the first time I'd uh, done that. Mayor Sandy Burry in Oakland put together a, uh, a virtual meeting of the Oaklawn Chamber of Commerce and uh, extended the invite to the Evergreen Park Chamber of Commerce. So Senator Bill Cunningham and I uh, just did a lot of listening, um, answering questions. You know, there's there's not a lot of solid answers out there, you know, to some of the, the questions that people have. This is a rapidly evolving situation. Um, so we just took a lot of notes about what people are most concerned about, you know, from the business perspective, and um, we're going to track down answers to them. And we've got some tentative plans to meet again um, next week. The chamber is setting up a time and uh, give an update and hopefully have some answers to some of the questions folks had. When everything else closed down, but they hadn't closed the bars and the restaurants. I, as a local business owner who works with local businesses, I went out to a lot of the people that I work with, stopped in a lot sure. of different restaurants, and they were already taking like a lot of precautions. I know that they were, they knew what their capacity was. Some had spread out their tables. They knew that they were going to go through something, but they thought they were going to be able to stay open and still have people come in. Then things kind of changed. They're all just trying to figure out how do I continue to make money? And we could sit here right now and we can say, support your local businesses and order out. But if this goes on for a while... I would imagine they're afraid of what if there's a drop off and people actually going and getting to go orders from us, how will we survive? Was that one of the main things they were asking? Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're all very, and it wasn't just, you know, restaurant and bar owners on the call, you know, folks with other types of businesses too, but that was definitely the overriding concern. How do I, what do I, what do I tell my employees? Um, what, assistance is there, you know, to help me as a business owner weather the storm. Um, I mean, you know, they've got bills and mortgages and tax payments and everything just like uh, everyone else does. And, and they're worried. Is this is this your role now, Kelly, and you and and and, and uh, Bill Cunningham? Is this, is this now the new role? Because now instead of sitting down and, and talking about new laws or 
you know, passing a bill or something like that or working on some kind of project of yours, it's almost like now you're the arm of the government that people are going to reach out to to try to find out answers. Is that how you kind of feel like you, the, the role has changed how you you've become something different all of a sudden? Yeah, something I didn't know anything about a week and a half ago. And I mean, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I just have piles of paper on my lap, you know, that I am trying to refer back to as we're as we're talking to, um, you know, just keep up with what's happened and, you know, the different questions that people have and then what's next. So we've spent a lot of time um, doing that. But, you know, we will there will be some sort of legislation. There's you know, the governor can do a lot with. Um, his disaster relief, he's got some powers under um, an emergency management statute, but there are some things that are set in statute that the legislature needs to act on in order to get things into gear. Um, So at some point, we'll have to go to Springfield to deal with some of those issues. But, you know, there's concerns about convening the legislature. It's not just the people in the legislature, but there's a whole apparatus of people who work in the Capitol and for the legislature, you know, who would be impacted by any, because it would be a gathering of more than 50 people. Mm. Um, can the so legis- it, can a legislature set up, is it against the rules for them to do everything with video conferencing? I mean, my I, understanding it, is that yes, it is. It is. Um, I, I, at some point I had the specific citation for it, but I can't find it. But, um, and, and that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll gladly go because we, you know, really need to do this. But we also have to think of some, you know, members or people who are, you know, uh, on the staff at the, at the Capitol who might not be comfortable doing that and figure out how we can, you know, work, work through that and keep them safe as well. Well, first bill that you guys need to vote on is to allow video conferencing and then you can all just run back out and go home. That's what I would, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a high powered politician like yourself, Kelly, but I, I think that would be the first thing I would pass. I would say, folks, we're going to have a quick vote. I let's just vote for video conferencing, hundred to one vote. Everybody walks out. That's what I would do. One thing I've learned is everything is way more complicated than you think it's <laughs> Of course it so is. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that it probably isn't that easy. All right. I think that one of the things that I've noticed is that you in your position or anybody else that's in a position of authority, people are now looking to you. It's, and that's got to be a, a weird feeling. You, you have people that are saying this is not a big deal. I'm not worried about this. This is an overreaction. You have people that are sitting in their houses right now that have not seen sunlight since Thursday because they think that if they go outside, they're going to die. What what do you say to people? I mean, right now, if you had a message for people, what what would you tell them? Because I think that encouraging words and yeah, I mean, I'd say the best guide at this point is you know the CDC guidelines, which you know we've probably all had more washed our hands more times in the past three weeks than we have in our entire lives. And we should keep doing that and, you know, keep the distancing and the isolation. But, you know, you have to take care of your mental health as much as your physical health. And um, constant monitoring of the news is not good for your mental health. So I'd say turn off the TV, turn off the news, do something else. Um, and get outside. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting out and taking a walk. The parks are still open. The Forest Preserve trails are open. Um, you know, walking around the pond at St. Xavier's. I, I mean, those are things that it's going it, to, you know, if you're able, those are the things you should do. 
And also make sure you're checking on anybody you know who maybe doesn't have somebody um, at home with them because, you know, the isolation is difficult. And, uh, and you know, to the extent you can make somebody's day just by calling them to see if they need something from the, the store, please go ahead and do it. And, you know, I, I totally understand the, um, the sentiment, you know, to be a little bit blasé about it. And uh, I get it that you might not think you're personally are going to get it, but this is, this is a communal effort to try and, and beat this thing. And um, I think it's just going to go quicker and go better if everybody pitches in and, uh, and, and does their part. And uh, if, you know, part of that is spending a little more time with your family than you're used to. I mean, I have two college kids, one who just got home and one who's getting home the next day. And they're not real thrilled to be home. Oh, I would hate this. I would hate this if I were in college. I'd be like, you're you're taking away the greatest days of my life here. I'd be miserable in college. I hate, you know, I keep sitting there saying I see all these spring breakers or a bunch of jerks for being out there during this. But I don't know if I could say that I would have used my head right either at that age. You know, I mean, oh, I think it, it, I think I would have been just right. as stupid, you know, even though they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, we're going to we're I don't think we're going to the message to you're not going to get anywhere with the message to young kids that, you know, don't do this because you might get sick because, you know, we've all been there. You don't. That's not how you think when you're no, you li- um, you're going to live forever uh, when you're a young adult. And that's why I think it's it's better to just focus on the fact that you're you're really helping everybody. You're helping your family. You're helping, you know, your community by observing these guidelines as best you can, even though it might be boring and um, a little bit of torture for you to spend that much time with your parents while you were expecting to be at school. (laughs) This has been a nice visit, and I appreciate it, Kelly. This is State Representative Kelly Burke of the 36th District, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. It was like a last-minute thing today. I saw you were doing that, and I was like, perfect. Let's get around to find out what happened on that because uh, I, I just think people need to hear from from those that are out there running around doing the work and the words of reassurance as well. And I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And we're going to get through this. I don't know how long it's going to take to get through this, but let's just all stick together and and keep our eye on the goal, which is to be back together as a community soon celebrating that we came through this, um, you know, with, with as, as little damage as possible. So I thank you for, you know, publicizing these efforts and, uh, you know, you and Hannah have a good sense of humor. So I, it's the booze Kelly. I'm sitting down here right yeah, now right. drinking a Bourbon County stout at my bar. I mean, I'm perfect for this. I like to live in my well, basement anyway in podcasts. Nothing <laughs> in my life changed. Nothing changed. I've just, I, this whole thing is going on. I'm like, I'm, I'm still sitting at my bar podcast and nothing changed for me. Well, remember when I did your show last year, it was around this time of year and I had given up drinking for Lent. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that again this year. It might not last. No, no, you're going to need it. I may have to, I may have to bust something open. Listen, God, God understands. Okay. Father Paul will be in here in a minute. I'll make sure that I confirm that with him on the show. Okay. All right. Well, good, good luck you guys. (laughs) And, uh, you know, if, if, if let's see where we are in a week or so. And if you need me to come back out again, I'd be happy to do it. Thank you very much. That's Kelly Burke, everybody. Thank you, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, you know what the great thing is, is that I married a country girl and you know why, because you're a country girl. Yeah. Okay. Is that you're using everything. It's like being with a, a young native American woman who's going to use every part of the animal while we're at our campsite, like an old Western movie. That's what it's like. She is 
like she's planning the meal. She looks around. She goes, "Whoa, we got a little fat left over from last night. We're gonna we're gonna use this to make up a nice base for the meal tonight." I mean, like yes. we're gonna we're gonna live off of what's in our house for months. Yes, like she's going back to the down home, like old school way of doing things and figuring out like we're gonna do this, and then if we run out of bread, I'll make some bread and we'll do that. Like she doesn't want to go deal with anybody. She's Erica's always been one of those people. Like if you could tell her you don't need to deal with human beings, she's like awesome. <laughs> I've been social distancing for most of my life. I'm just going to keep doing it. But now I have an excuse not to show up and talk to you. Like that's what she's, she's in she's, the back room laughing oh, right now. Yeah, she, that's what she. That's hear, this I is her this is all she wants. Like this is the great. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to Erica. Like I don't have to talk to people. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to pretend like I'm friendly with you. I get to just make bread and be down home country. <laughs> Like she's telling the kids, Leave the kids up to oh, you. She's, I, I'm telling you right Turn now, the kids over to you. I'm telling you right now, if this thing goes in the summer, she's going to have crops planted in my backyard. She's going to have the kids out there. sowing the fields in the backyard here on, on 99th street. That's what she's going to be doing. Set, that, that, that's, that'll be used for something. She'll be hanging <laughs> tomato plants off it. I'm telling you right now, she's planning this whole thing out. These kids don't understand what's going to happen. She's going to be put the, they're going to get put to work. Like they're working in the fields. That's what's going to happen. Joining me on the phone lines, Dr. David Beckman. He is a local Evergreen Park doctor. He was just on the show a month ago. He's making news everywhere now for the fact that he's doing drive-up coronavirus testing. How are you, Doc? Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. You're out. Uh, I saw a picture of you, and you were out in front of your place of business there along Western Avenue in a hazmat suit and a mask doing drive-through coronavirus tests. I, I yeah, you had the shield that. on your face. Yeah, I've already seen the picture of it. It's 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 incredible to me. And so so where, first of all, where does this come from, and how many people you got trying to get through there? So um, as uh, you know, I was on your show a little a little while ago, and things have changed dramatically since that time. Um, and we, at Family First Medical Group, we we decided that we needed to find a way to. Um, allay fears of any of our patients as well as be accessible and available to them. And we, we have been calling the, uh, the Department of Public Health and they had a lot of restrictions on testing and a lot of guidelines and uh, limitations. And so we knew that in order to uh, serve the community better, we had to innovate. So Almost uh, overnight, with the amazing team that we have, we were able to uh, go up live with uh, telemedicine, so video visits, and roll out um, drive-through testing for coronavirus. So it's been it's been pretty insane right now. Um, we we've been just swamped with calls all week. Um, and we've had all hands on deck in our organization, answering phones, uh, doing uh, doing video chats, triaging patients, and deciding whether or not they need to come in and do a test. Well, let's let's go rewind back here for just a moment. So, yeah, you're right. You you were on the show, I'd say about a month ago. We introduced you. We did a little meet the neighbors. We had you down here. I brought up the coronavirus thing at the time, and I remember that you and I were both like, "Yeah, this will be okay." Well, kind of, you know, I. I had a different opinion of it a month ago than I'm sure you had a different opinion of it. What was the moment? What what changed that made this what it became all of a sudden where we didn't see this coming a month or so ago? 
because you know now it's like everybody's sitting around going, well, we, somebody should have known this, somebody should have known that. But it, everybody, every I, you were down here and you were like, I, I, right. I, you didn't see this getting to the point where it got. So what changed? What happened? Because I feel like there's still some people walking around going, this isn't a big deal, and it's a much bigger deal now than it was a month ago. Yeah, you know, I think that um, the first thing was we we just had a complete lack of information about what uh, what this virus was, how quickly it spread, and how sick some people can get from this virus. So how does somebody go about getting tested by you? Do they have to be one of your patients? Is there something they have to go through with their insurance? Is this something that you're doing because we're just trying to get so many people tested, you know, just call and do it. How, what's the procedure? How does this work? So we uh, actually, the majority of the people that we're testing are actually not our patients. Um, we, uh, we, so what we ask is that patients, people that are worried that, that are sick, they call our phone number, which, which is 708-572-7575. Um, we're family first medical group and we, um, we actually have seen a number of patients that were either patients of other physicians and their, and their offices closed or they couldn't get in touch with their physician and they were just worried about the symptoms that they were having and, and wondering whether they had the coronavirus or not. So when you call that number, you'll reach our triage and then our triage will um, set you up with a video visit with uh, either myself or one of our other providers. And um, during that video visit, the, the patient will get a link that they'll click on and all they need is either a smartphone or a computer with a webcam. And then we'll talk to them and we'll take a history and try to figure out what the symptoms are and what's going on. And depending on the severity and depending on the exposure that that patient has had, we uh, will we'll decide, okay, you know, you sound like somebody that definitely needs to come in and get tested. Or if it's a milder, if they're milder symptoms, if it's a milder case, we'll, uh, we'll tell them, okay, it doesn't sound that concerning right now. Let's, uh, let's have you to stay at home, although now there's no choice, so everyone's staying at home anyway, but um, but we'll have them stay at home, and then uh, we'll usually follow up with them in about 48 or 72 hours to kind of see, see how they're doing and making sure that they're getting better. Can you even tell me, like, how long have you been doing it, and have you actually had any positive tests come through? Or do you know those numbers? We've, uh, I, we, we just started on, on Monday. Um, and I believe we've screened probably around a hundred patients and we've had two positives so far. At least with you, people can go out and they can get the test if they talk to you and you're like, yeah, it's possible. Come through the drive through and we'll do it. But this is another option for those that are out there in Evergreen Park and the surrounding areas. If they are nervous and they want to go get the test and they're having a hard time getting a hold of their own doctor, make sure you go out and you check out our friend, Dr. David Beckman. I'm going to tell you something, Doc. You showing up at Evergreen, us getting together a month ago was perfect timing so that I could reach out and call you to have you on the show. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks, and call us anytime. (laughs) 
tried to call in last time. We couldn't get him through. All right. Are you there? Hey, Chris. What's going on? I love you. Love your show. Thank you very much. I, I got Bill here on the line. Hey, I just want to say thank God it's Friday. This homeschool stuff is ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I had my own teacher's institute day today. <laughs> we needed a break already. <laughs> so, the, so the kids the kids were off, so they enjoyed that. What, did but, you, uh, what, do, what, what do you do with them when they're off? Um, well, today's uh, letter of the day was... Yeah, uh, you. So it was more like you watch Frozen two for the fifteenth time, <laughs> and uh, you stop fighting with your sister, and you just just leave me alone, please, just for five minutes. <laughs> no, I, I just just all joking aside, I just want to thank all the teachers out there because you guys have to do this every single day, and that's awesome. And and it's not saying I'm putting up with my own kids, but they can be a handful. And for you guys, the teachers that are got ten or twenty or thirty of uh, the little ones. Uh, amazing. Thank you for uh, everything. So just want to say that. I think what will come out of this entire thing is that uh, teachers are going to get raises a lot easier now when this is I all over. So. Like uh, you would think that the next time there's like a like a like a teacher negotiation, there'll be incredible pressure to just give them whatever they want to. <laughs> Maybe uh, you recall a little thing called the coronavirus and then they're like, oh, anything you want, whatever you need, whatever you need. Tom Walsh from Edward Jones Financial, 111th and Kedzie on the line right now. How are you, my friend? Well, I'll tell you what. I think we all could be doing a little bit better. I mean, but we're here. We're healthy. We're working. Are you telling me, are you telling me life has changed for you for some strange reason? <laughs> so there's something yeah. weird happened to you this week that I'm not aware of? I'll tell you, the last couple of weeks have been uh, have been uh, unique. You know, we prepare for it. I mean, we've been I, I started in the business right before 9-11. And, uh, you know, between that and 2008, you know, I remember the feeling I had and it's here again. You know, are you I would think you've got to be pretty essential, though, because I'm going to need my money when this is all over time. Well, that's a big thing. I mean. Quite frankly, I was working last Saturday and Sunday. <clears throat> a lot of friends in the entertainment industry and a lot of friends in the in the restaurant, the bar business. And when I heard about them closing, <clears throat> obviously that's going to send a ripple through our community. And, uh, you know, we're going to need money, you know. So the first thing I think of is, do we have enough money for all my friends in the trades, everyone that's going to be affected by this? And so I'm on the phone calling people and saying, how much do you need? And luckily, for the most part, uh, we've had, we were prepared. We have money for a rainy day, and thank God we did. But those that we didn't have enough, you know, we're getting it to them, regardless of the market, because they're going to need cash over the next couple of weeks to right. months. Right. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what's your advice right now? You're my financial guy here. You're on the EP podcast. You've been advertising with us since last summer. What, what do you tell somebody right now who's looking at their retirement? What do they do? Like, is it just like strap in for the ride or is there something they could be doing right now? A million dollar question um, and a question I struggle with because none of us have a crystal ball. This is an emotional situation. This is primal fear. People are worried about their health, their family's health. So right now, I think the first thing we got to do is acknowledge the fact that this sucks. You know, the money sucks. The, the work sucks. I mean, everything about this situation sucks. So once we acknowledge it, I'm at the phase of acceptance at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like going through a 12-step program, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at acceptance that this happened. And no matter how well we were prepared for it, uh, we're in it. 
So what are we doing? I mean, quite frankly, we have to have a little bit of perspective about this. The perspective that I think of is the fact that we've seen, you know, illnesses. We've seen things like SARS. We've seen things come through before. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff before the media. You know, I mean, there's been plenty of plagues that wiped out people. Now, it seems to me that there's a finish line here. We're going to get through this in the next couple months. There's a finish line and we're going to get through it. And it's obviously going to have a ripple on our economy. But the one thing I do know is I have confidence that we are we, we went into this thing strong. We're going to come out of this thing, maybe not as strong as we were, but we're resilient. The stock market's resilient. The bond market's resilient. We're going to get through this. But I think the, the financial thing I'm less worried about than the human impact of what we're going to be going through. The financials will be all right over the long term. So let me ask you this question, okay? And I, and I, I don't want to keep too much of your time, but if I'm, if I'm sitting there right now and I'm looking at what happened and I'm like, wow, I lost a ton of money. Am I trying to quickly recover by moving what I have into certain types of companies that would have to combat this? Or do I sit tight realizing that at some point and maybe a couple of years from now, it's going to all come back if I, but don't panic and get out now because you'll never recover it. Well, I, I think it depends on the kind of uh, investor you are, Chris. I mean, I, I guarantee, I mean, hell, I'm getting emails and texts and calls from people that are trying to, you know, find the company that's going to cure this thing and make a million dollars overnight. I mean, quite frankly, I don't play it that way. Um, I'm a long-term investor. I'm not speculating. Um, long-term investors should have the right mix that's appropriate for the risk that they're willing to take. Everyone is brave when the market's good. If you say you are brave, you know, you're going to be brave when the market's bad. Stay brave. It's going to work out. So I think what you got to do is first, you got to make sure you have the right mix you know, the right diversification in your portfolio. If you don't have it now, you know, there's, you almost kind of made your bed. You can either stay in it or get to the right mix now. You know, talk with a professional. Um, you know, you should have someone that you can talk to that is thinking long-term. What if I want to talk to you? What if I want to talk to you? Like if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I want to talk to Tom, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they give me a call at 773-779-0023. Again, Edward Jones on the corner of a Harney Love and Kedzie. Don't go there. You're not uh, allowed to go there. They can't go there anymore. The governor just said that. They got to stay home. They got to call you. Well, right? I kind of think I'm an essential uh, part of, uh, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, so essential services. We're still working. People, like you said, need their money. Right. People need their so, podcast. But luckily, I just yeah. do it in my basement, so I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, I mean, people can get a hold of me. They can find me on Facebook. Uh, they can find our website. Again, Tom Walsh, I've been in business since 2001. But quite frankly, we're, we're not looking necessarily right now to, we're, we're just trying to make sure our existing clients can get through this. So to answer your question, I don't know when this market's going to come back. Historically, after you go the, through these bear markets, the market does extremely well the following six months. So you got to be in it to win it. So the two things you can do, I think, first off, is if you're 
still in that wealth growing part of your life where you got to basically build a lot more for your retirement, this might be the greatest blessing in disguise you, you have had for at least 10 years. We work with more money than people would have ever had because they invested and they stuck with the plan through 2008. So just continue contributing to your retirement plans. Consider increasing your contributions if you have retirement plans and if your income isn't impacted. Um, I think that's the best thing you can do is really look at it as an opportunity if you're a long-term investor. That's sound advice. That's kind of how I was thinking as I was going along here, but I like hearing you say it. Thank you very much. That's Tom Walsh from Edward Jones. Buddy, stay safe. I look forward to a time where we can actually congregate together and have a couple of beers. Thank you so much, Chris. Good luck out there. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.